There are a lot of reasons that authors are not as open as I am about their writing process and the projects they're currently working on. And it's a very simple and straightforward one. Writing is hurting cats. It is. You have so many ideas going through your brain and through your creative process at a time that, well, you know the old phrase, that old saying, that terrible cliche that nobody likes to see how the sausage is made. I tend to disagree, because I don't think writing is like making sausage. I think writing is like learning how to live with uncertainty and how to tell stories that matter to us. So let's talk about that on today's episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and I'm having one of those existential crisis days, so bear with me if I sound a little bit weird. It's another one of those days, like I talked about yesterday, where my, my monthly average is down, but my listen count isn't, and I, I shouldn't be paying that close of attention to my metrics, it's just, it's driving me a little bit batty. I, 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 I don't know. Anywho writing. <laughs> I, I I think one of the reasons why some of the current episode listens is down, if they in fact actually are, is because I've been talking a lot more about writing lately and less about Star Trek and Star Wars and all of those things. And maybe that's on me. But without a lot of new content coming out and motorcycles constantly driving by my house... It's, it's it's difficult to put together a show every day. And especially one like this that is meant to be a personal journal. It's meant to be a place where I talk to you all. Because I think the writing process is fascinating. It's not just something that I enjoy doing. It's something I enjoy listening about and sharing and seeing how other people do it. Because we all have a different relationship with creativity. My biggest concern when it comes to being as open and honest and as transparent as I am on this show and on social media is that it gives away the great and grand secret of the writing process. And that is that we don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what we're doing. We're telling stories. We're practicing a craft, and yes, there there is a lot to learn as far as the craft goes, but every novel is different. Every book is different. Every character is different. And so the actual process of writing tends to be a lot more like herding cats than it is like any other endeavor that you could get in. So... When I tell people that I'm working on Princess Rescue Squad, I am. I am currently working on Princess Rescue Squad, which has been a really fun experience for me. Trying to go through all of the old books. I've been rereading the Red Book of Fairies and the Blue Book of Fairies, and I've been reading and rereading 
Hans Christian Andersen's Snow Queen because it's the first story that I want to actually do a full retelling of. And, you know, going through the Grimm's Brothers stories and all of those old sources of fairy tales. And I, I feel like it's hard to express to people that experience. And that may be, more than anything else, why it's important for me to share the writing journey with you all as openly and as honestly as I possibly can. And I think it's... <laughs> oh, this is going to get me in so much trouble when I say this, but the problem with writing is that so much of it is ineffable. There's so many components to the experience and to the process that is virtually impossible to put into words. And the writer in me feels that that's a challenge, that that's not a bug, it's a feature, and it's my job to try to find words to put to those ineffable experiences, to find words that can express all of those strange things that happen in our minds and in our mind's eye as we're constructing these fabulous and masterful worlds. And as I am prone to do, until I get to the point of actually writing writing, um, I flitter about. You know, there's a lot of research that has to be done, and the research can be boring, it can be dull, the world building can be boring, and it can be dull, especially if you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. And my personal experience with this has always been to kind of flitter about a bit. So as I'm working on the space opera, which I have been talking about, I'm still working on it, I actually have more characters now than I did before, I have an understanding of the structure of it and what I was doing wrong with the structure of it, and that might need to be an entire episode in and of itself, because, yeah, that, that was a huge revelation for me. But it looks to the outside world like I'm flittering about. Or at least that's my concern, that it looks to the outside world like I'm flittering about, like I'm not actually working on anything. When in fact, I'm, I'm working on way too much. I, I've been consistently writing about a thousand words a day in a project, though I have multiple projects going on. And I may have actually finished one of the projects that I'm working on, though I hate to call it a project because it's not really a project, it's, it's a thing. And it's a thing that I don't know if I'm going to talk about too much on this podcast, but if you have questions, I'll, I'll, I will be discussing it elsewhere, probably. But, you know, the hardest part in writing is the illusion that we've garnered over the centuries of the, of the writer as this, like, paragon of brilliance, or as a drunken madman. I mean, these are the two examples that we have. We're either Hemingway, who drinks hard and dies young, or... We're working on that one novel that will completely drain us, and we'll never write anything great again. See, The Catcher in the Rye, or To Kill a Mockingbird. These are all myths. 
that are based in reality, because everyone's writing process is different. Every writer is different. Some writers invest everything that they have into that one thing. And from my point of view, I look at them as the lucky ones in some ways. I, I dream of being that Tolkien who gets so thoroughly obsessed with one world in one setting that they invest everything that they are into it. And it becomes this perfection that I have yet to achieve with any of the work that I do. And I love reading and rereading The Silmarillion and The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. And to experience that world that he made for himself, for his languages to be free. But that's not the world that I inhabit. That's not the place that I am in. I have sci-fi ideas, and I have fantasy ideas, and I have strange fairy tale ideas. And I have to capture them as they come. Because ideas are like fairies. They really are. When I say writing is hurting cats, this is... Your, your, <clears throat> your best ideas are fairies. They will flitter into your mind. They, they will dazzle you. They will enrapture you in their glamour. And if you don't catch them when they're there, they'll fly away. And they may never come back. And so that's the art that we have to learn as creative people, is how to capture those fairies. And not just capture them, but keep them alive. Because if we just put them in a jar, they will wither and they will die. And then there's no point. We, we have collected a bunch of pressed fairies. And while pressed fairies may be funny to look at, they're not going to help us all that much. So how do we capture these ideas? Now, as you've probably become very accustomed to, I, I am not a very pres prescriptive writer. I, I don't think that there's one way to do anything. I, I think that there are numerous ways to do things. And I, over the years, have done many different things in order to capture the ideas that I have. Some have worked. Others were dismal and abysmal failures. Others became projects in and of themselves that I, I realized that I had to abandon because there was nothing there but the collecting. Because I had lost focus. I had lost sight. And in doing so, I'd actually lost the idea. So when I start talking to you in just a moment about how I collect my ideas and how I refine my ideas. You already know some of the words that I'm going to use. Iteration. I'm going to use that word probably a lot because all writing and all world building is iteration. But I don't want you to take these, these thoughts too seriously. I'm not telling you how you have to do things. Just how I do them. And maybe you'll find something of value in that. The most important thing that we as creative people have to learn is how to pan for gold in the muck. We do. And I don't think gold is actually the right word. And I apologize to any of those who are horticulturally minded out there because I know the analogy that I'm about to give is probably crap, but I have a black thumb and I kill most plants to get near me. So I, I no, <laughs> I get that my understanding of the plant world is lacking. 
But I don't think we're, what we're doing is actually mining for gold. I don't think we're panning for gold. I think what we're looking for is lotus seeds. See, the most brilliant thing about a lotus is that it grows in the muck. It grows in the boggy, disgusting, nasty places and brings beauty and wonder to them. And that's actually what we're looking for is the seeds that will do that. Because everything else is just going to be a morass of insanity and noise. I can watch a movie and during that movie have 10 story ideas pop into my head. Most of them are crap. Most of them are complete and utter crap. And if you don't believe that this is a thing, watch Voyager. Watch the original Star Trek. Watch any series back in the days when they allowed them to have more than 10 episodes. And you'll see that there are these things that, well, they needed an episode and it was good enough. It is technically an episode. And so they made it through production on to the tape. Now, most writers have that junk drawer as well of stories that we've started and that died or stories that we finished and went, oh, no one is ever going to see that. And we either keep them for sake of having a collection of everything that we've done or we destroy them with fire because we're embarrassed that we produced such sheer and utter crap. But that is the process. That's what it is. Creativity in all of its forms is learning to be comfortable with failure because that's what creativity is. It's failing over and over and over again until you finally have something that you go, huh, where did that come from? And even if you are an unfortunate soul who never gets that feeling because you stay too close to the work that you're doing, know that that refining process, that iterative process that you're going through is so that other people will go, huh, look at what wonderful things this person has made. Because in the end, that's what we're doing. In the end, that's what we're striving for. And so I create Scrivener files for the various settings that I write in. As I've said in our world building talks, I, I, I love world building, but it's something that I can easily get lost in. So when I'm developing a sci-fi story or when I'm developing a fantasy story, I try really, really hard to make a world big enough that it can fit multiple stories within it. Because the time that it takes me to craft a new world, well, I, I could have written a couple books in that time. So I, I try, my, my goal is to actually write a bunch of books, not to create a bunch of worlds. I have a backlog of stories that I want to tell. And the only way that I'm going to be able to tell them is to and get to the telling them as quickly as possible. And that's problematic for someone like me who writes fantasy and science fiction, because, well, more often than not, there's a lot of world building that has to be done before you can actually tell those stories. So I create a Scrivener file for each world that I live in. Scrivener, if you don't know, is, made, is a bit of software made by Literature and Latte, and it is available for Mac, for Windows, for iOS. I think they have the Android app now. out now. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. I don't use Android, so I'm not as up on that. 
And it allows you to create multiple documents and folders all together and to compile them into finished stories. It, it's really good. It has its, an outliner built in. It, it's, it's a powerful way to do story. It's a powerful way to look at what it is that you're trying to do. And I could do numerous Scrivener <laughs> tutorials, but I, uh, my, my own workflow starts in Scrivener and ends in Vellum. I use Scrivener to spit out a document that then gets imported into Vellum, and Vellum creates my finished books. There's also writing aids in between, which connects to Scrivener and lets me check all my grammar and spelling and all the numerous mistakes that make it into my work because I am prolific at making mistakes and I'm fine with it because <laughs> they can be fixed. But within that file, just collecting, making sure that I'm creating folders and sorting the ideas as quickly as I can, but collecting the ideas various story starters that I've come up with over the years, ideas for interesting places or species or magical items or whatever it is, collecting that idea so the fairy doesn't get away and seeing what comes of it. Each one of those is a potential seed that might come out in my next story. There are ideas in each book that I've worked on that have returned from previous works over the years. Because a lot of the work that I've done over the years, no one has ever seen because it either wasn't finished enough or never actually got to completion. The idea was wrong. Something was wrong in it. And so characters and pl plot lines sometimes get recycled and reused and updated and changed and modified. Collect all of that. Keep it organized. Because that's, that's the main thing here. Organization. Figuring out how you are going to collect up all of these different ideas as they come your way. And there are numerous ways to do it. I love um, Story Ideas, which is an app for the phone. I use it all the time. And I'm a huge fan of it. It's a great way. I'm sorry, Story Planner. And I use it to collect story ideas, plotline ideas, characters, locations, and you know the fun thing about it? It exports a Scrivener file that I can then import and use. So it, it's a wonderful tool. And these are the things that I like to use. You have to have places set up. And I, that's what I love about Story Planner is I can carry it around on my phone very easily. And just whenever I have an idea, I can write it down. I don't have to run to my laptop. I don't have to make sure I have pen and paper handy. Because let's face it, this is the modern world and I, like most of us, always have my phone on me. I carry it with me everywhere I go, even when I just go into the next room, because, you know, my parents might call, or my sister. Well, let's just be honest. I, I don't want to be without it. So setting up those methods so that you can at least know what cats you have, that's the first step. Because if you don't know how many cats you have running around, you'll never be able to get them to move at all or do anything at all. So collect them up and name them and give them names. They can be fanciful names. They can be working titles, but give them names, something that in your mind, they all connect to. Because if you don't do that, then they will not have a purpose 
we as storytelling creatures like names. So if I hadn't had the name Princess Rescue Squad and was still running around going, oh my goodness, there's that weird fairy tale idea. What am I going to do with that weird fairy tale idea? See, weird fairy tale idea doesn't tell me what it is. Princess Rescue Squad does. And it tells me basically what I need. I need to figure out my princesses, who they're rescuing, and how they're organized. Princess Rescue Squad. Three main things that need to be in that world. It's evocative for me. The same thing for my sci-fi setting. The space opera that I'm working on. It has a name. It is very important to me. It's a name that means a lot to me. It's a name that through various iterations of a core idea over the literally a decade I've been working on that story, it has come to mean more and more to me. And thus, it becomes an anchor. It becomes something that I can hold on to and move forward on. Because for me, most of writing is about getting to the point where you're ready to draft. Drafting is a middle to late stage in the writing process for the way that I do it. Sometimes it comes early, and sometimes there are various starts and stops. The sci-fi story that I'm working on, the space opera, I have written, I don't know how many drafts, not long ones, where I've tested out ideas about maybe this character is this, no, that didn't work. Maybe this character should be, no, that doesn't work. And don't be afraid to do that. Experiment. Play. If you're not testing to find the best story that you can tell, you might not be telling the best story that you can tell. But do it in the way that makes sense to you. You might not want to write test chapters and try to write short stories, including characters that may or may not make it into the final book. That may not be something you're interested in. You may not spend your time writing elaborate things for World Anvil, like I do, that sit in your draft folder, <laughs> waiting for the moment that you have enough courage to push them out to the world. Whatever your method is, find it. Those are mine. That's how I herd my cats. I would love to hear how you do the same. And I'm actually probably going to be talking a bit more on this show about the individual projects that I'm working on. Because, well, there's not a lot new going on in the world. But I'm making a lot of stuff. So, prepare yourself for that. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, and yes, I am going to do that episode on Jungian psychology and world building. I just, that's a heavy, heavy topic in my mind, and I'm not prepared mentally to do that yet. But anything else, I would love to hear from you. Um, in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean. I would love to use it on the show. You can also hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. I am CE Dorset on both. And you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. If by some miracle you have a buck you can pass my way, in the show notes, you'll find a link to both the voice message system. And I'm sorry, I already said that one. You'll find a link to listener support and my Patreon. Thank you so very, very much to everyone who does that. It means the world to me, and it's one of the only ways I'm able to keep doing the things that I am doing. If you don't have any money right now, or you don't feel like giving, don't worry about it. That's perfectly all right, especially right now. I really understand that. But 
If you know anybody you think would like anything that I'm doing, please share it with them. That helps out more than you know. Alrighty. Thank you so much for your time and your attention. It, it does mean a lot to me, and I'm hoping that I'm making stuff that's worthy of the time and attention you give me. So until next time, stay well, stay safe, and don't forget to have the fun. Bye.